They are ambitious. They are supporters. They are hustlers. They champion other women. They are boss babes. The Ottawa Valley is full of boss babes, and I'm here to tell you who they are. Century 21 has been a staple in the Pembroke of Petawawa area for over 45 years. At Century 21 Aspire Realty, many of our agents are born and raised right here in the Ottawa Valley. We also have close ties with the military community, having agents that are past military members and some that are military spouses. This helps to give us an in-depth understanding of the demands of the military lifestyle and the nuances of frequent relocation. Here at Century 21 Aspire Realty, we are committed to putting the client's needs first. Our agents work hard to act in a manner that is fair and ethical, as well as safe and practical. We are currently experiencing a seller's market like we have never seen before. If you are thinking of selling your property, call us first. Our social media campaigns are the best in the business. We offer professional photography, 3D home tours, and social media promotions across several platforms. Whether you are considering buying or selling, any one of our Century 21 Aspire Realty agents would be happy to assist you in the process. Check us out at www.aspirerealty.c21.ca or give us a call at 613-687-1687. Hello, 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 and welcome to the OB Boss Babes podcast. Today, we are opening up about a hot topic that everyone can't stop talking about, the housing market. You're seeing more sold than for sale signs, new realtors popping up everywhere, and competitive bidding wars on even the smallest homes. So what's going on and why are we so riled up about housing? Today, I'm sitting down with two babes from the Valley Relocation Team in Century 21, where their goal is to help get your home on and off the market quickly while getting you the highest possible sale price. Between their combined backgrounds in marketing and advertising, integrated relocation, and being licensed realtors for over 10 years, these ladies are proud to call the Ottawa Valley their home and want to make sure you find your dream home or find the right owners that will love your home as much as you. Please welcome to the podcast, Nadia Party and Nicole Walters from Century 21 and founding partners of the Valley Relocation Team. Hi, Holly. Thanks for having us. Hello, everyone. Ladies, I'm super, super excited to get you both on the podcast. I feel like this is a long time coming, especially with the housing market booming, basically, since the pandemic started. We're seeing more and more houses up for sale, actually not even up for sale anymore. We're seeing them up for sale saying coming soon. And then the next day there's a sold sign on it already. So I cannot wait to pick your brains and for you guys just to tell everybody what it's like to be a realtor and about the realtor industry and all that fun stuff. But before we get into it, I want to know where you both are originally from and what brought you to the Ottawa Valley. So I'm uh, born and it's Nicole. I'm born in uh, Victoria, British Columbia. Um, but grew up in Fredericton, New Brunswick and spent, uh, well, the bulk of my life there. And then of course the military got me to Petawawa. And, um, I think I've been here, I, I want to say I've been here 16, 17 years now. Uh, but I've kind of lost track of time. Um, but we're here, this is home now because my husband's now out of the military. So we made that decision years ago to establish this as our home base. And we've had our two youngest sons here. So it really does feel like home. And what about you, Nadia? 
Well, my family originally came from the United Kingdom and we came to the Ottawa Valley. My dad had a job managing a bank downtown in Pembroke and I grew up here. Uh, we did leave in my teen years and I finished high school elsewhere, but I did come back to the Valley and I was uh, posted here twice when I joined the military and this is where I ended up. So I spent more than half my life here. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so glad that the military brought you ladies here and you've been here to stay and tell everybody what your backgrounds are, because both of you guys didn't just decide right out of high school. I want to become a realtor and get your real estate license. So tell everybody where you guys started your journeys. Okay. So uh, for me, I left, I was finishing up a contract actually. It's perfect timing because when I was coming to Petawawa, I was just finishing up my contract as the executive director for the New Brunswick Arts Council. And then when I came to Petawawa, I was really nervous because everybody said how difficult it was to find a job here. So, um, but I, I ended up with a fabulous job with PSP, which I am still so grateful for that opportunity. I had many different positions there, but my last position there was um, selling advertising for the Petawawa Post and selling the other marketing initiatives that the base had to try and um, engage with the business community. So it really gave me an opportunity to make a lot of um, connections with, uh, within the business community here in Petawawa and also just showed me how much I love sales. And I need a challenge. I'm not a nine to five person. I need a challenge. I need goals. I need, I'm very goal driven. So um, so real estate really just seemed like the natural progression to me. My husband and I had bought, I think, two houses in three years. And so I felt like I was always trading in real estate <laughs> during that time period and, and an opportunity and a conversation came up and I was, well, I was so pregnant with our 10 year old son and it seemed like something else I should put on my plate at the, at the same time. And uh, that's, that's how it began for me. And there was never any question that I was joining Century 21. It was Neville Realty at the time, um, because with my interactions out in the community, I visited all of the real estates and they're all fantastic. And I have great relationships with all of them, but that just felt like home to me. And um, I showed up and I think it was like January 2nd, but it was technically a stat because of the first was. So there I was with a big box of stuff at the door and nobody was at the office to let me in. And uh, so I was very excited to start. <laughs> That's awesome. Nadia, what about you? So I was in the military for about 18 years. Um, I had some injuries that I had to have surgery for, and it wasn't really a good idea for me to stay in at the time. So I had to look for something else. Uh, my favorite position while I was in the military was actually working as an R&D clerk. I was a, a clerk. And uh, we looked after the relocations before the implementation of the IRP integrated relocation program, which is now administered by BGRS. So I had a lot of experience in moving families and I had a lot of moves and transactions in my postings going from base to base. So it seemed like a natural progression for me. It was something I was always interested in. And uh, I started uh, in 2000. 9, 2010 actually, but 2009 was the courses and 2010 I started working at Century 21 and uh, I'd known the owner from uh, grade seven I think it was so <laughs> it seemed like a good place for a good fit for me as well and uh, I've, I've always been at Century 21. 
Yeah, bound to happen in a small town, especially in the Ottawa Valley. You're bound to That's work right. with coworkers that you know you've either gone to school with or you know were their parents, your, your parents' friends, or something like that. And I know that's uh, that's the Ottawa Valley for you, though. Um, Nadia, can you kind of tell me a little bit of what a day in the life of a realtor looks like for you? I mean, you guys were both saying that you wanted to get away from the nine to five office jobs, and goodness knows, I mean, we just see it, you know, from an outside perspective, with you guys, you know, showing homes or in the office signing paperwork, you know, like what, what does the life look like for, uh, for a realtor? Well, one thing that might surprise some people is it's, you're never really off. You're on from the moment you open your eyes until you shut them at night. So that's a little bit challenging sometimes. Uh, it takes a while to get used to, but you get into your group. So the minute you're waking up, you're checking your phone, checking for messages, checking for new listings, seeing what's going down and uh, trying to plan your day because although you planned it yesterday, it's going to change the minute you open your eyes because real estate's constantly moving. Uh, what's different this year, we see listings that come and uh, usually because it's a seller's market, there's a conveyance date, but sometimes they've got a little blurb in there that says that seller has the right to review and accept preemptive offers. And that totally changes our schedule right there. That means that we've got to drop everything and go with whoever's in that price range, looking at that home, uh, that type of home that we need to get in there as quickly as possible before it's gone. So then you have to reschedule everything that you've already planned for the day. <laughs> so it can be quite challenging and it is really a mix between, you know, showing office time. Sometimes you're working in your home office. Um, if you, um, if you're on vacation, you're still working. <laughs> That's one of the things that um, we do cover each other off. We're lucky that way. So we have uh, breaks in, in that regard, but you cannot uh, put yourself out there online and take that number back, that phone number back while you're off for a week, because uh, it's just too difficult to do. So people are still going to contact you and you have to get that contact forward to you know the other member of your team so how much time would you say that you spend actually showing houses versus being in the office or at home processing paperwork then well i think that natty and i are very fortunate in that um we do have an administrative assistant and uh, we rely heavily on her for our paperwork uh, and not that she does it all, of course, because like Nadia said, we are, we're still trading late into the night sometimes, and it's just easier for us to deal with the documents then. But, um, so she does do the bulk of the paperwork. So we are, um, we'll meet our clients and whatnot in the office if they, if that's their preference. But, um, in terms of showing houses versus it really depends on what's on the market that day, you know, uh, today was a quieter day. So, um, I didn't have to drop everything and run and show three different houses to four different buyers, you know, that sort of thing. But there are days when that's exactly what it's like. It's literally scheduling with a 15 minute buffer zone to try to get to the next appointment or overlap appointments at the same listing, but book 15 minutes in between so that your buyers don't show up and meet each other at the same house that you're showing to both of them sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it really depends on the day and how much inventory is on the market. 
And I think the biggest thing that I think that it's important to kind of convey to my listeners and, and the public is that it's really a 24 hour job for you guys. It's not like you're working Monday to Friday, like you're working weekends. If it's your child's birthday party and somebody is calling to say, I want to see a house, you don't want to lose that competition to someone else, right? No, because every client that, and Natty are, are so grateful um, every client that we end up with a successful deal with, you know, we know that um, if they're using us down the road, that means they're recommending us to their friends as well. And it's growing outward. So every, it's not like other, I, I mean, I know there are other commission-based um, careers out there, but really one phone call, one missed phone call or one missed appointment or what, you know, I mean, that just can go out exponentially, you know, for, for future revenues lost or clients from the future, you know? So um, it is not something, Natty and I really struggle with this because both of us are very committed. Uh, we're workaholics and uh, we struggle even with each other, you know, um, saying, can you run with this? You know, because we feel very, you know, we feel very strongly like we want to work with our clients. We're so fortunate, which is why we brought on um, a buyer's agent, uh, to work with us for sometimes random leads that we get because our sphere of influence now is so uh, profitable for us and, and grown so big that it's really important that we be able to focus on that because that is our constant uh, referral source, right? And so when we list a house and we'll get a random lead off it, somebody we've never met or interacted or not referred to us by a past client, then we can pass that off to the to the buyer's agent. But yeah, it's, um, it's very, very difficult to say no to somebody, especially when they say so-and-so told us to give you a call. They had such a great experience with you. Well, now I have something to prove, you know, like now I'm going to make sure you have a great experience with me too. <laughs> I want to get into how the two of you kind of started working together because obviously realtors it's a very competitive industry. It's, it reminds me a lot like hairdressing and not to compare you guys to hairdressers, but um, it's a competitive industry. There's so many of you. So how did you guys decide to tag team together and who came up with the idea for the Valley Relocation Team? We were both working uh, with different people in the beginning of our time at Century 21. <clears throat> Unfortunately, you know, that didn't work out for either of us. Uh, it's very difficult to find someone that you click with and that you have the same business ethics and the same business procedures and the same, you know, um, even, even now we're, we're not totally the same. We're, we have some differences among us, but we do um, have some pretty standard things that we do as a team. Um, so when we were on our own again, uh, we needed someone one, once in a while to cover each other off for, you know, because you do have some time that you've got to take off at some point. You can't just work every day of your life. So uh, Nicole and I had covered each other off a few times and it went very well. And we just realized that um, we, we would be stronger together and that uh, we could develop together and we could sound off each other and, you know, share our experiences, share um, our knowledge that we're earning with the transactions and just provide a better service all around. You know, I just want to add in here, um, of all the things, I mean, I'm, I, Nadia and I are a perfect fit for a partnership. Um, I just appreciate so much about her and I appreciate having that person. Apart. And before I just didn't know, I never had that before. So I did, it wasn't something that I realized was missing per se, 
but just having that person, especially this year, <laughs> to be yes. pull up and sound things off and, and talk things through, because as the market is changing so quickly, you know, you want to be sure, even though I'm, I'm confident in my skills as a realtor and, and my, my knowledge and my experience, you know, as things change, you know, you, you, you think, okay, maybe I better just have a chat about this and make sure this, what I'm thinking is, is the way to go sort of thing. So I can't even tell you how important that's been throughout this partnership, just having that person that we can call up and say, okay, what do you think of this? And then, or sound off on, we all have those dates, you know, and we certainly aren't going to sound off on anybody but each other. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And I think that a lot of realtors, um, it's important to know that realtors are independent contractors. So even within the same company, we're all competitors. But by teaming up, Nicole and I are actually working together. We're not competing against each other. And that makes a huge difference because when you're on your own, sure, you can talk to your colleagues and, you know, get their input on what they think about your situation, if it's new to you or if it's something unique. But it's just not the same dynamic as when you have a common interest and uh, you know that, um, I'm not worried about, you know, I'm competing with my buyer against Nicole's buyer on a particular deal. We know how to talk around it and we know how to, you know, help each other out and just uh, get through those difficult situations. And I think we're stronger for it. And I really appreciate having her because it really makes it much more enjoyable uh, to do this job, to have someone who's got your back. All right. So now we have to talk about the pandemic because obviously this is like a hot topic. So when did the housing market really start to peak during the pandemic and why do you think it's continued all this time? Well, I have a a bit of a funny story. I remember for me, I vividly remember like that moment where I'm like, okay, things are really changing here. Um, I was listing this really cute little house down on Victoria street. This was last May, perhaps, that I listed it. And um, one of the seller's father was there, and they were from a very, like, our market's not typical for Ontario generally, you know, Kingston, Ottawa, Trenton, they're all hot markets all the time, right? But we're not generally like that. So when I was listing this house, one of the seller's um, parents were there, and he said to me, do you think we should put an offer date on this property? And I said, oh, no, we don't do that here. You know, we'll, we'll put it out and, and um, we'll get, you know, hopefully we'll get an offer within the next week sort of thing. And I think within 24 hours, I had seven offers. And I just remember saying to myself, I should have like, what's this conveyance date thing he was talking about offer date, we should, I should have done this, you know, it was so stressful to try to give every agent who had submitted an offer the right, you know, the right information, make sure they were kept up to date on that offer process. And from that point forward, I think Natty and I actually had a conversation in and around probably that day about moving forward, what we were going to do with our listings. Was, it, was this a new thing that we should be starting to implement? And I think we did actually from that point forward. So for me, that's when I really saw saw the change and, and really what that boiled down to was um, it's unbalanced, right? You have more buyers than you do inventory. And as long as you have that, you have this type of a market. So and I don't know, Natty, if you want to weigh in on the second half of that question, but for me, so for me, it was last May where I really started to see the, see the change. Yes, and then I think that this year um, in May, 
was when it peaked for the year. Uh, it's hard to say just yet because we're just early into June, but I'm starting to notice a little bit of a difference where um, up until this point for the last couple of months, it's always been, you know, cash offers, cash offers, but we're actually starting to squeeze in a few with conditions of inspections. So <laughs> that hasn't been happening too often this year. Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys about that. If you're still seeing people getting the house inspections and, and doing the walkthroughs and stuff, or if they're just quickly doing like a virtual tour or, or doing, um, like just booking like a tour of the house and then just putting an offer in right away. Like, are you actually seeing people negotiating and, and, and that kind of stuff? Well, so most of the listings actually have an offer conveyance date now because of the lack of inventory. So what that means is that we do not present offers until the date that's set out for conveyance. And so everybody who's bidding on that house is going to bring their offer on that day. And the reason for that is to give the opportunity to more buyers to see the home rather than the just the first one walking through the door placing an offer and also in the best interest of the seller to get them the most for their home. And in terms of the virtual Holly, I think last year when when the pandemic, you know, when it was announced that it was an actual pandemic. Well, I mean, that was really right on the cusp of what is our regular APS for the military. So, um, so there was a slight pause there, where it was kind of like, let the dust settle and see what's going to happen. And then we slowly started saying, okay, the posting season is going to move forward, albeit a little bit different than in the past. But the, I think the fact that they physically could not get here really started that virtual buying trend. Right. So um, we would set up the virtual showings on the houses um, and and book appointments and go in and do our FaceTime or whatever, whatever means we were using to show them the house. Um, and they would make their offers based on on those virtual showings. And we're still doing I mean, this year, the same thing. Quite a few of my clients had to, to purchase that way and come see the house after they bought the house, which so far has been so wow. good. They've, they've liked it. Um, but I think that that was actually when Century 21 implemented our um, our virtual tours, our 3D virtual tours. So you can go in and actually walk through the house. So you guys were obviously considered essential workers last year because you had to still keep working. People still need homes. People are still moving. Just because the pandemic's going on doesn't mean that people just can't move anywhere. Um, and then you were talking, Nicole, about, you know, the virtual showings and, and how that kind of, you know, you guys had to pivot to do like the 3D showings and, and showing on FaceTime and stuff. But um, were you guys actually still able to provide in-person showings like during the very start of the pandemic when everything was locked down? We were. Um, and let me tell you, it was a really, for me, it was a really strange experience the first time I went out and showed a house in person afterwards because there was a couple of weeks where we weren't showing houses um till we figured out like who was essential and who wasn't and how we were going to go about waiting for directive from our boards and our reg regulations right so um so we were supposed to um and did for the the most part when we could um show houses with masks the gloves on only the agents were to touch anything in the house if we touched anything in the house we were wiping it down with a disinfectant wipe we're making sure everybody had hand sanitizer even though they weren't to touch anything that their hands were sanitized before going into the house and then we were 
you know, doing our best to maintain that six foot distance mm-hmm. while in the house, showing the house. So it was very stressful initially, you know, um, trying to keep those things all, you know, in, in line. And, and, um, and every time I went out, I know because I have a family and, you know, it was still so new, I was nervous. Like, is this the time I go out and show a house and catch COVID and bring it back to my family, you know, and it was just like, it was very, very stressful uh, at that first little while. Um, but and of course, you know, as we got more comfortable with it and just knew like, um, to, and it was shocking to me how many people still wanted to show up and bring family members in to see the house. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and they're bringing their best friend and their best friend's cousin and, and normally, okay, as long as we have permission from the seller, that's fine, but we're in a pandemic, mm-hmm. you know? So I, you know, we really had to step up and say, no, only the buyers are allowed in the house and no children, because that was one of the terms when we're in lockdown, children are not allowed into a house, still best practice now until I think things are under control. Um, yeah. So it was a whole different ball game uh, when, when the pandemic hit last year. And we have to talk about open houses too. Nadia, do you think that open houses are ever going to be a thing again? It's really difficult to say which direction that we're heading. Um, I think I can speak for most of us around here that open houses were not that successful in the past few years leading up to the pandemic anyway. Since we have gone into this pandemic, uh, we have done some virtual open houses. Uh, You don't get as many people attending those either. I think really the 3D tours have been the biggest um, seller, so to speak, as it provides the best service because people can actually, like Nicole said, drop the pin and walk through. There's tools in there that you can measure spaces, measure where your furniture goes, all that good stuff. And you get more of a sense of um, what it feels like in the home, the size as opposed to perhaps some of the photos that just come on the listing, you know, that have been taken with different lenses that might not give you an actual impression of the size of that home. So one of my other hard hitting questions here is how many offers on average do you think a seller is receiving on a home? I know that a lot of, uh, you know, potential up and coming sellers are thinking, you know, is it going to be worth it? I wonder how many, how many offers I'm going to get. And usually like, especially nowadays versus, you know, just hoping for their asking price. Now they're all hoping for a bidding war. A valid point, Holly. We've had that conversation about how different it is this year, because first of all, prices are up exponentially from last year. Um, even I even quite often will we meet with military clients who let me know in the fall that they're being posted in the spring. So we have that kind of initial get together, talk about the market back in the fall, even the people I met with last fall versus when I met with them again in February, you know, the, the difference in price was so substantial. Um, it, it just depends, right? Like it's so strange to pinpoint because we've had fabulous listings, both Natty and I on, on really popular streets priced, right. You know, and, um, they, you know, they take a week to sell or something like that, which is weird, believe it or not in this market. Um, And then we've had other ones where, you know, it's just out of control, like the amount of offers coming in on them. So it really is hard to pinpoint exactly what is going to draw that uh, crazy over multiple offer situation. I'm finding now in Petawawa, um, I think the, you know, kind of the, the, I'm going to say, you know, 300 to 400 is the one that I think is the biggest. 
um, in terms of my past experience, like my experience in the last couple of months, which ones have been getting the, the bulk of the multiple offers or the most multiple offers. But Nadia had one. I'll let her tell you about that one because I think that it was like, it was a two person job presenting all those offers. <laughs> right. So this was back in January of this year. And I think it was the most we've seen so far this year. And the listing was in Laurentian Valley. And it was a bit of a fixer upper, but it was just on the outskirts of town. And uh, so the taxes were good. And it had a couple of acres, but it was right on the outskirts of town. And it was fair, fairly private. But like I said, a fixer upper. So um, I expected that we would get five or six offers and we ended up with 20 offers on that property. So it was quite uh, labor intensive that night to try and sort all that out and go through the terms and conditions of each of those offers with um, the couple that was selling, one who was doing it distantly through Zoom and the other one who was actually with me physically in the room um, because the other one had to be away. And uh, it was very challenging actually to, you know, go through each of them and, uh, you know, in a good period of time and uh, decide which offers were the best. So we had to kind of separate the ones that were, okay, these ones are definitely out and these ones are good. Now we have to look at terms and price and, and actually it wasn't the highest bid at all that won. It was the you know, the best terms um, mm -hmm. for a firm sale, firm quick sale. Interesting. I think that's really important, you know, to reiterate that it's not always the highest bid that's going to be the, be the winner, so to speak. You know, it, it really does depends on the terms and conditions at the end of the day. And, uh, oh, that's interesting. Well, but here's something else that's really interesting. And I couldn't believe this when I read it. Um, there was an article that was recently published saying that Toronto real estate agents are actually using a new tactic to fuel competition and boost housing prices by encouraging sellers to put their homes on the market for a dollar. I've seen that. Did you like, I read that and I thought, are you kidding me? Like who would get that? But obviously it's bringing in so many inquiries and everyone's like, is this real? Is this legit? So like, what are your thoughts on, on this tactic? My first thought is, what a nightmare. Who has time for that as an agent? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm like, okay, when I see, when I saw that, I mean, a different market altogether, right? Mm -hmm. so, um, but I just think how busy we are just in our average day-to-day -day lives as realtors. I can imagine listing something for a dollar and having to tend with all of the phone calls, emails, um, you know, people probably knocking on that person's door. To me, it just seems... And Nadia and I have always said this, when you price a house right, no matter what the market is, it is going to sell. And, you know, this year it just happens. Most things are selling in multiple offers. So, um, but I just can't imagine, I, no. I just don't see the benefit in doing that. I really, not in our area anyway. I mean, that's no. basically saying we're just going to let the market decide the price, but actually that's what's happening anyway, you know, when you're pricing it, but be realistic, you know. I mean, it's been hard enough for buyers this year who say, you know, they're pre-approved up to say 400,000 and we're looking at them saying, great, okay, we really shouldn't be looking at anything listed over 350,000 because unless you're prepared to make up that difference or can come up with that extra cash, your $400,000 approval, you know, cuts you off at, you know, the 350 mark because you're in a bidding war right out of the gate, you know? So uh, I just don't see that. I just don't see 
get and buyers expectations, you know, it's been so hard to manage them and so hard, you know, it's, it is emotionally hard sometimes as a realtor, because I, you get emotionally invested in your clients, you know, you're, you're, you're wanting your buyer so badly to be the winner. Um, but they, you know, somebody's got to win and it's not always going to be your client. So uh, I just don't see, I can imagine taking a client into a $1 listing, you know, just yeah. they're to pay for that, you know understand that all those people that uh, let's say that the, that the home's worth was actually 500,000 you're going to get people you listed at a dollar well I'm qualified for 300 maybe I've got a chance so you won't get everybody through they've got problems in Toronto where they're getting into showings for five minutes five minutes to spend you know uh, almost a million dollars it's it's ridiculous we're lucky not to have that kind of activity here but in the same sense, our, our viewings have been shortened to what's been allowed in previous years before we could book an hour. We weren't necessarily there for an hour because we would overlap and go from showing to showing. But if you were there for 45 minutes because it was a home that they particularly enjoyed and could picture themselves in, uh, you didn't have to worry about it because you would book that hour. But now you can only book 30 minutes. And uh, sometimes it's just not enough, especially if you think it's the one you want to take a good look at it because you might not have the opportunity to have a home inspection. Mm -hmm. Well, that and the fact is that if you dwell on it or think about it for too long there, that next person that's going to come see the house, like that could be it. They could be just saying, yep, I'm done. I'm ready to put your off my offer in. And by the time that you're ready to put your offer in, well, the sold sign's already up. Yeah. And that's, that goes back to the offer conveyance, Holly, mm -hmm. that we were talking about. So there's a couple of ways you can list a house right now. And one is with a hard conveyance date and time. So list the house on a Friday, present all offers on the Monday or whatever date you choose at a certain time. List the house on Friday with a conveyance date, but with the seller being able to accept preemptive offers, well, you know, then you're running like crazy. And then the first person to the, to get the offer in, you know, um, you're, you don't have that, that buffer to get everybody through. And personally, I feel that's leaving money on the table for the sellers. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think I've never gone wrong with the hard conveyance date. Um, but you know, if you, if you have that preemptive offer in a minimum 12 hour irrevocable, there's only so many people who can go through that house in that time. Right. So there's right. buyers who are not even going to be able to get into the house at that time. And there's agents like Nadia and I, and, and many others out there who we have our schedule set. So we might, the only time we may have to show that house is an hour and a half before presentation time. And that doesn't leave the client very much time mm -hmm. to think about, you know, um, whether they want to buy that house and get a, a proper offer drafted. It's yeah. It's, um, it's interesting. <laughs> if they're coming from a different city, which we often get uh, with military people posted, they might be close enough that they can drive up to see it. And they're wondering, am I wasting my time? Is it gonna be sold by the time I get there? It's very discouraging for some people in that regard. And then people don't understand when there's a hard conveyance date, what we refer to as a hard conveyance date, meaning we are not looking at bully offers. We don't even have the right to present an offer to our seller, even if we receive it. Right. So people are thinking, oh, I'm just gonna make a bully offer. And if I make it good enough, I'll get the house, but it doesn't not necessarily work that way. The other thing with the preemptive offer and being in a military community is we forget that we're dealing with all different kinds of time zones here, right? So even to arrange a virtual showing for clients, you know, when a new house lists and there's this preemptive on it, 
well, one of them may be overseas, you know, do you know what I mean? So it's not as easy as, okay, are you, you available? We'll book it for this time. We've got to make sure that the time zones line up and, yeah. and, and even for signing the documents, even though we can do everything electronically now, if they're in a different time zone, it can be very, can be very challenging, just an added stress in an already stressful market. Right. Yeah. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We're going to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Are you a woman for women? At Favorite Things in downtown Pembroke, we are on a mission to amplify loud, supportive, and unwavering communities of women who choose compassion and collaboration over competition. Let's squash the stereotype that women don't support other women. Get your Woman for Women gear at Favorite Things. The boutique is filled with new springs and summer decor and plenty of items for your gift-giving needs. Check out all Downtown Pembroke has to offer. You can follow us on Instagram at FTPembroke or on Facebook at Favorite Things. The Town of Petawawa and the Petawawa Business Advisory Network are pleased to support local businesses. Small businesses are an integral component in vibrant, dynamic communities. By their very nature, entrepreneurs innovate, disrupt the status quo, inspire creativity, and promote skills development. Small businesses are the very fabric and rich history of a diverse community. Support local businesses. Check out shoppetawawa.ca, your one-stop resource to finding businesses in Petawawa. View promotions and messages connected directly to business social and shopping platforms. Help our small businesses. Shoppetawawa.ca. Hey, it's Margaret from Annabelle's Bakery in Almont, and you're listening to the OV Boss Babes podcast with your host, Holly Molinar. Well, how much longer do you guys think that this housing frenzy is going to last? Like, do you think the housing market is going to crash at some point? So I think we don't have a crystal ball. Um, well, maybe we do. Um, but I think that we're, we're in a pretty secure market for now until this inventory balances, we're going to see this market. We need a balanced buyer seller market in order for, to see a significant change. Um, and when that happens, I think we'll see a plateau, but we're never going to see the, in my opinion, see the drop in the way that we saw the increase. Uh, we're going to see it balance out. Um, and plateau, but I don't see, I don't see this market dropping. I don't see the crash coming, right? Mm -hmm. Because the other thing to keep in mind right now is new builds are very difficult to get. Um, builders are not building. They're not wanting to commit to a contract because they don't know the price of materials. So they don't want to be legally bound to saying, yes, the house is going to cost you this much money. And then we see another surge in building materials, right? So, um, and normally for Petawalk, for our area, as you know, the new builds are a significant portion of our annual sales. So that's not happening right now. So, and there's a lot of things impacting the market, I think right now, but I, I just don't feel that we'll see a crash. I think we'll see a plateau. Um, and I think we're a long way from being a balanced market as well. In the past, we've pretty much dealt with military buyers, buyers from CNL and local buyers. And that's basically been the extent of it. It was almost like people didn't know we were on the map. And all of a sudden when the pandemic hit, 
things started to happen. Uh, things actually slowly were starting to happen before the pandemic where the boomers were starting to retire. And we would see it with the waterfront sales. They were all coming from the cities where they wanted to get out of the hustle and bustle and retire. And we were seeing more city buyers on the waterfront. When the pandemic hit, well, of course, now it's time to retire. We can cash out of our you know, larger homes in the, in, in the cities. Well, not necessarily larger in size, but larger in price. We can buy a home in the Renfrew County area at a much reduced price for a larger, nicer home mm -hmm. and have a nice nest egg to retire. And the other thing that we started to see that increased the demand in our area that we weren't seeing before was the ability for people to work at home. So the, one of the most important questions became, what's the internet service like? And that is what boosted the sales as well, people being able to work from home, even locally, for example, HGS uh, closed their doors and they're not going back. They're working from home. Well, there's all kinds of companies in major cities who've experienced that and even government departments. And we've seen those buyers come to us saying, you know, we want some space. We want a safe area. We want to live where the COVID numbers are down, <laughs> you know, things like that. They just want to get out of the city and it's time. So that's made it a little bit uh, difficult for our local buyers and our military buyers because their buying power is not quite as strong. Mm -hmm. The Ottawa Valley, like with our economic development um, departments, with our municipalities, our tourism industry, we've been showcasing the Ottawa Valley as a great place to live, work and play, right? You know, we've been telling everybody, this is the place that you want to live. Like we're living the dream. You can go on the, like you can live and play on the water and you can do so many activities in the winter time. And like the opportunities here are endless. There's so much work now. It's not just being in the military or working at CNL. Like there's so many more opportunities for people to have jobs and, and to build their families. And it was, a, it still is affordable. I was going to say it, it was affordable and it still is fairly affordable too, but that's what we're really seeing, especially everybody flocking here now. And um, I think it's just a big wake up call for our community being like, wow, like everybody wants to live here, but I feel like it's been like that all along, but we've just been blind or we just, um, we've been taking it for granted living here, right? Well, I think historically um, military who've lived in Petawawa before choose quite often choose this as a retirement spot. They love to come back and retire in Petawawa. So I think I mean, I love Petawawa. We've been here. I mean, it's home now. It's mm -hmm. so close to everything. It's so beautiful. I love, love, love the rejuvenation of the downtown core because it was not like that when, when I moved here. I just feel like what more could we ask for in a place to, you know, to live, to, to raise our family, you know, to work. Um, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's home now. And I never, ever thought I'd say anything other than New Brunswick was home, you know, mm -hmm. but um, Ottawa Valley certainly stolen my heart. So we all know it's a seller's market right now, but not necessarily a buyer's market, which you guys clearly talked about this earlier. So is it smart to buy right now or should hesitant buyers wait until things kind of get back to normal? Well, so there's a few ways to look at that, right? You could buy now and you're going to probably have an increased price on the home that you're buying and you're going to have a lower interest rate or you could wait and maybe the prices will come down a little bit. I don't think we're gonna see, as Nicole said, a significant drop the way we saw the, the prices rise. 
Uh, so you might get a little bit cheaper, but then those interest rates have come up. And when you compare what you've paid over that time that you've waited, really one comes to the other. So I think it's really what's best for you. You know, um, if you're ready to buy and especially if you're in a good position that you can uh, take your time to do it because you know you might have to bid a few times before you actually get a home. You know, you, you might get outbid a couple times before maybe the third time's the charm and you have some place to stay, then sure, it's a great time to buy um, because the interest rates are really low. Um, if on the other hand that, uh, you know, you've got other options and the money's tight, maybe it's better to wait. You really have to look at your personal situation as well. Although I will say Natty and I both have clients uh, from last year who were looking um, to purchase and said, you know what, we'll just put it on hold until the next APS because that's when we see the inventory increase again. And um, of course we all know the ending to that story. You know, it, um, their buying power significantly dropped because the mm -hmm. price increased so much in that six month, not even six month, four month period that the same houses they were looking at in say September of last year were worth $100,000 more come March of this year. I, I have a particular situation with a buyer who was in multiple offers. This was just back at the very beginning. Um, actually, I, I don't think the pandemic had quite hit yet or had it, I, I just can't remember which month it was. But anyway, long story short, uh, there were three bidders. The price of the home, it sold for $414,000. He thought that that was too much money. That same style uh, model of home, same subdivision this year sold for $550,000. Wow. That's mind blowing, but I can believe it because we were seeing it. We're seeing it happen all the time. And when, when you even compare to your own house and you're looking, you know, maybe even just a couple of years when you bought it to compare to what it's worth now, it's, it's wild. You just, you never thought that, um, man, that's crazy. Um, so I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about you guys as realtors and how you work with your sellers. So the first specific question I want to get into is why should a seller work with a realtor instead of taking the for sale by owner route? Well, there's many reasons that a seller should work with a realtor. And one of them is that we're trained in dealing with real estate transactions in negotiating in making sure that all the proper clauses are there to protect you legally with the sale. And also with handling multiple offers, it's not quite that easy if you're stuck dealing with them alone. You can find yourself in a really sticky situation, especially if you want to put someone in second place in case the first deal doesn't work out you can't sell your home to two people and if you don't do it properly you could end up in a, a situation where you know you're getting sued mm -hmm. i think by by hiring a realtor especially in this market and i know people think oh it's so easy to sell a house in this market but my my own firm belief is if you're not working with an agent to get out there and get your house marketed and exposed even for a short period of time as a seller you're leaving money on the table because we know if a house is marketed and priced correctly that there's no doubt that you should be receiving multiple offers on a property and and we know what a house even when we list the price we know the list price but we kind of know what the sale price is should should be in and around right so and i don't think you can get that with the 
necessarily with a private deal, right? So. And do real estate agents have an advertising budget? Because I see many of them working with photographers and videographers to showcase upcoming homes. You see them all on YouTube with the nice presentation music in the background. And I find that as soon as a professional video goes up though, that house sells immediately or shortly thereafter. So who pays for this, the realtor or the seller? Realtors. The realtor. <laughs> the realtor pays for this. So we're all independent contractors. We um, each have our own budget. Uh, Nicole and I work together, so we do have some shared expenses, but we still do have our own business number each so that we can claim our expenses. And uh, you will notice that the more successful ones will have an advertising budget, professional services, because that's what sells homes, you know, the volume brings it back. So um, it is very important. It's not something that you want to, I mean, I, in the beginning, you know, people will try and, and do some of it themselves, but when you're busy and you want to give a professional presentation and market that home property properly, you want professional services to, you know, um, highlight that home and showcase it and uh, get the best offers for it. And I know since Nadia and I have, so we do have, we have an in-house uh, photographer videographer with Century 21, which has been a game changer for us. I think if you go online and look at the, the listings, you'll know which ones are Century 21 listings. It's almost like a branding of sorts. Mm -hmm. um, but Nadia and I also have somebody who works on our, who is our marketing um, representative. So we, you know, we just don't have time for that and it's changing so quickly. So um you don't have time to trade and, and negotiate these deals and keep up on all the marketing, right? So for me, I found since we've taken that on, um, that that uh, employee on, that um, that's part of my listing presentation now. And it's very well received because, you know, I let them know, you know, I'm here to sell your house. I'm here to negotiate for you. I'm here to do all of these things. But I have somebody that I hire, uh, that we hire, who is there to, um, to market your pro house property. So they know where to target. They know your target markets. They're doing all of these things. That's what they went to school to do. That's what they know to do. And I sell real estate. And they're very appreciative of the fact that I'm not just putting it up on a Facebook page and hoping for the best mm -hmm. and doing this, you know, and I can't tell you how many times I've gone run into people and they're like, oh, I was playing Candy Crush and I saw your ad come up. <laughs> Like, I don't know how I happened, but I have somebody who does that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's right. I think that's the difference that people don't always see. They go on social media, whether it's um, Twitter or, you know, Instagram or Facebook, and they see the ads come up. Um, they don't realize how that is all put into play. There's a difference between somebody, uh, a realtor opening a Facebook page for themselves and putting their listings on and their sphere of influence sees it. That's all great, but you wanna have the paid advertising uh, so that it gets out to the public. So it gets out to more people, you know, to those buyers that are coming from different cities now, uh, not just locally. So you need to have someone who knows what they're doing and putting that stuff out there so that uh, it gets the most activity for the listing. Well, and because we're in the Petawawa Pembroke area, I have to know, um, how quickly does a house last in Petawawa? Because when I go on to look at the listings and I'm located in Petawawa. So when I'm looking through the listings, I'm seeing that there's a lot more houses in Pembroke that are listed than Petawawa. So which area is selling faster? I mean, I feel like this is a given, but. I want this, you guys to tell me. 
this is not really, um, it's not really faster. At this point, we're in a seller's market, right? So the inventory is low across the valley, across Renfrew County. And right now, as we said before, we're setting these offer conveyance dates. So really it depends on how many days you've got for uh, conveying an offer. There's certain things that will change um, the, the amount of time on the market whether or not there's a conveyance date. There's certain houses that are always going to be more challenging to sell because of certain features or attributes uh, that might leave it longer on the market. Right now, what we're seeing in Pembroke versus Petawawa are there are more tenanted occupied properties that are on the market. So those are gonna take a bit longer because you've probably also seen on the news some of the challenges that come with selling a tenanted property because the tenants have the most rights and uh, you're always facing the problem that perhaps that tenant won't move. Now, legally they have to move if they've met all the criteria for an N12 because the um, purchaser is moving in as a principal residence. However, if they don't, because they don't have somewhere to go, you might have to take them to court and it might not happen right away. And so people get stressed out about that. And some people tend to avoid those tenant occupied properties. And can a realtor list a house anywhere or do they have to stay in one demographic area? Like, I mean, I'm sure you guys saw that million dollar house that sold out in Renfrew and I'm sure everybody around here was like, oh, too bad that wasn't locally around here. Um, but could someone, you know, let's say out in Barry's Bay, reach out to you guys and say, we'd like to, we'd like you guys to sell our house. So our licenses are for the province. So we can technically trade anywhere within the province of Ontario. However, that's, you know, not something I would ever do. Um, but we certainly can, you know, I, I kind of, and it depends on the situation, but I really feel that Iron Prior is a cap for me. And then, um, you know, just past Deep River, um, that's my preferred zone to stay in. Um, because, you know, every market's different. Like, for example, I have a lot of, we deal with a lot of military mm -hmm. and there's a lot of back and forth between Petawawa and Ottawa. And I've had several clients ask me if I can help them in Ottawa. And uh, I mean, I, I could, but I don't want to because I don't know that market the way I know the Petawawa market. And I don't want to be um, the reason that, you know, they, they pay too much or, you know, whatever the case might be. So I'll leave that market to the professionals there and we'll focus on the Ottawa Valley and anywhere in the Ottawa Valley we're open to. Yeah. And you probably don't want to be driving back and forth from Ottawa every time you have a showing anyways. And it's shocking no. how many Ottawa agents come to the Ottawa Valley. And um, Toronto. Really? And Toronto yes. would be yes. shocked. I mean, when we were having... So right now inventory is a little bit low again, but when Nadia and I, I mean, there were weeks where we had, I don't know, 20 houses listed. And um, I mean, my phone, it was just all Toronto numbers, Toronto numbers. Oh my Toronto gosh. And uh, it's quite, and it takes up a lot of time because they can't access the information they need because they're not a part of our board. So they have to call us directly for that information. And it's very time consuming, you know? So I just can't imagine I mean, I just can't imagine coming from Toronto to sell one of our properties, you know, or to be honest, quite Ottawa, you know, I wouldn't go like I might go to Ottawa for family. But other than that, I wouldn't, you know, and I can't imagine taking the time and effort to come here. And historically, when we see that happen, they're not getting the best representation because we know the Ottawa Valley and we know what a house is worth and they have no idea. They have no idea. Mm -hmm. it, it's not even just that. It's not knowing the neighborhoods and whatnot or knowing 
you know, is this neighborhood good for the family? Is this a high crime area? Uh, yes, we are a small town, but we do have, you know, certain pockets that, you know, we only want to put certain people into because we know that they understand that neighborhood. Um, you know, I don't want to say one neighborhood's good, one neighborhood's bad, but perhaps someone coming from out of town will not be quite as comfortable in that neighborhood. Or, you know, do they know that there used to be a dump over here? Or do they know that there's this development happening over there? You know, that maybe there's no rear neighbors today, but maybe next week uh, there's construction going to start or, you know, digging. There's all different kind of factors there that, uh, people don't understand when they're coming from different areas and they're not familiar with ours, which is the reason that Nicole and I have always said, you know, if we've got a, a buyer that is going to another region, sure, I might've been posted in Kingston for six years and Ottawa for four, but I'm not gonna take those people there because I know that they're people who've been there longer, been there more, know the market better and can represent my client better. And I saw that some realtors are going door to door, encouraging homeowners to consider selling their homes because obviously there's low inventory. There are more buyers on the market than there are sellers. So is this a tactic that you guys have used and do you think it's been successful? Never used it. No, <laughs> no. And not to say that that won't necessarily happen, but uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure the people who would do that, they probably do maybe get some leads of that. But one of the things that Nadia and I really work on is um, retaining our clients, you know? So we are very adamant in follow-up. We reach out to our clients every Christmas, they get a Christmas gift. Um, and this is from all, from, from my very first deal. I just, every, year, every Christmas delivery is on my very first deal ever. And um, so that's the way we retain our clients. And so what's really funny about that is that one of, I, I think two or three, and I think Nadia, you mentioned you had the same thing happen. Last year, there were agents going around and they were knocking on doors and they were giving people uh, comparative market analysis, um, saying, this is what your house is worth. I don't know if you know that sort of mm -hmm. thing. And they were calling me and saying, my clients, because mm -hmm. they brought them off and saying, hey, Nicole, That's we got right. comparative market analysis. We just want to talk to you about it. And, you know, and, and so my clients, generally speaking, um, are coming back to me and not that we wouldn't want to take on new clients, but I just find that it's a little bit intrusive. We're in a pandemic. Um, you know, I think we, I just think that the whole door knocking thing, I mean, I know when my phone, my home phone rings at eight o'clock at night, I'm upset, you know, like, mm -hmm. stop. so just not something I think we've ever done and will ever feel the need to do. Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head about the pandemic as well. I don't think in this climate, it is a very, uh, socially acceptable thing to start knocking on people's doors when they're trying to social distance and keep their own family safe. Yeah. Okay, guys, the biggest question I'm dying to ask is how many homes did you sell last year and how many homes have you sold this year so far? So Holly, do you wanna take a guess at how many homes combined, we'll do combined because we're a team, we mm -hmm. sold last year. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm so excited. First of all, I'm so glad that you guys are answering this. Um, okay, combined. Last year, I wanna say, I don't even know. I want to say last year you guys sold combined, let's say 175. Maybe that's a little too high. And this year I want to say we're in June. We're half a year in. 
I want to say, let's say 165. <laughs> Am I too high? A little bit too high. Bit Last high. year, uh, 136 total. Now, um, you have to realize too that because of the seller's market and the number of offers that get rejected because you've got like five, six or more buyers for each property, we wrote a, a lot more offers than that, unfortunately. But um, yes, and then th this year to date, we're, we're not quite six months in, we're at 101. That's awesome. Well, you ladies should be so proud of yourselves. That's fantastic. So um, yeah, so those were definitely, so last year was for sure our, um, our best year, um, I think in total, say Nadia for sure. So last, last year, two years ago, we, we were so thrilled to be the number 10 team in Canada for Century 21 for units sold. Something I know when Nadia and I got together, we never even thought, I don't know about you, Nadia, but I just never thought we'd ever receive that sort of recognition. No, because we're um, a small town. <laughs> we're a small town. So when you think about that, that's nationally. So for us, you know, we're competing against giant yeah. teams, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're two people instead of like a 15 member team. Yeah. So that was very thrilling. And then this past year, we were the number 15 um, team in Canada for units sold, even though we sold more units this year, uh, this past year, sorry, um, but still such an incredible accomplishment to, to be recognized nationally that way. Absolutely, especially because realtors, I mean, there's so much competition, like I've mentioned countless times and there's, and, and everybody's selling. It's not like, you know, not one person is um, right. struggling, you know, more than, more than the other. I think everybody is kind of at that fair advantage right now. So um, obviously you guys are doing something right by working together and setting yourselves apart from others uh, in this industry, but what an awesome accomplishment. You guys should be very proud of yourselves. That's, that's so cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I, you. Think we, I think we are. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, well, then I have to ask you too. So you said 136 that you sold last year, right? Yeah. Okay, right. so can I ask then what was the average before the pandemic started? Oh, gosh, um, I didn't calculate it. I, I could quickly. Well, actually, I'm trying to remember because I think so every year I do my board. Every year I put a little goal. So I know up until two years ago, it was to sell 50 houses, you know, like 50 houses sort of in thing one year was the goal. Yeah. And then, um, because believe it or not, that's, that's high. You know, we all, mm -hmm. we're all very busy and working, but that's still a significant amount of, of homes to sell. And then, then I did better than that. I think, I think we've been in the seventies for the past couple of years per like sixties yeah, and seventies. Season seven. So that's right. why I'm not sure for 2019 uh, where we're at. Um, I mean, assuming that we continue to stay this busy, um, mm -hmm. like we're on, we're on track to blow those numbers out of the water for sure. Oh, absolutely. I know you guys are going to, you guys are going to easily top over 200 this year. I'm the final number. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies, well, we are going to move into my rapid 10. I have so many more questions I wanted to ask you, and I'm so sad we didn't get talking even more about it, but I feel like you guys have answered so much, but we're going to quickly dip into the rapid 10 where we're going to just do quick fireball questions um, to wrap it up about realty, the realtor industry. Okay, so 
What is the most far-fetched request you've ever seen a buyer ask of a seller? Well, I did have one client want to ask for a tent trailer inclusive of the price. And I told them, no, no, that was not acceptable, especially because they were offering under the list price. I don't think I have anything crazy, but, but kind of a strange way to start a real estate career. My very first transaction, the guy bought the house and all the belongings inside it because the seller was already gone. So it just so happened that my very first trade that I did was like in the house and everything that we saw. When we really? Oh, that was very stressful. But yeah, it worked <laughs> out for both of them because he didn't want to move it and the buyer needed stuff. So it worked out. All right. If you had to choose between a townhouse or a condo to live in, what would it be? Townhouse. It really depends on the condo. <laughs> if it has a nice indoor pool and a gym and a party room and uh, the uh, penthouse barbecue area like my parents does, I think I would choose that. <laughs> when is the best time of year to sell your home? Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> Honestly, this year and last year, I can't say there's a month, one month that's really better than the other. Obviously, even December like slows down a little bit, but um, I just think the APS as we've known it has changed over the last three years. So there's just always buyers looking. So as long as there's buyers looking, it's a great time to sell your home. That's correct. Can you buy a home with no down payment? No. No. You need a down payment, eh? You need a down payment. <laughs> Should a seller lower the price of their home to increase the chances of a bidding war? No. No. Interesting. Oh, ladies. Well, I know what I was just like, I want to ask why. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Just listen to the podcast, guys. Keep <laughs> going. <have> to. <laughs> <laughs> Does a higher credit score mean a better mortgage rate? Sometimes, yes. It depends on where your credit score falls. Um, if you're below the line, per se, you might have to go to a B lender where that interest rate is going to be very high, like 10%. All right. Love it or list it or selling sunset? Selling sunset. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't watch those shows. It feels too much like work. <laughs> Not selling sunset. That's drama. <laughs> Can realtors lie about other offers on the table? Not legally. They can't legally, but they do, unfortunately. Oh, I can believe that. What's one tip do you have to help your clients sell their home faster? Keep it clean. Keep it organized, minimalize, and make sure you've got um, good presentation. Curb, great curb appeal. And for me, it is um, honestly the same things, except one thing that sometimes gets overlooked is smell. Make sure your heart smells. Mm, good point. All right, ladies. Well, you guys know the end, the very final question for my rapid 10. What is one local business that you guys want everyone to support and know about? Because we are opening up on Friday. Yay. Can I say two? Because I honestly can't choose just one. Absolutely. Give okay. them all the shout outs. So I just love and appreciate everything that Favorite Things has done for me and my business and my me personally in the past. So that's where I get all of my client gifts. 
uh, for Christmas and they know that I'm going to walk in sometime in November and say, mom, I need this. And they do it and they make it beautiful and they make it so stress-free for me. Plus they just have beautiful things. So, so shout out to them. And then beyond the mat, Sarah and Mel, um, it has been my little sacred place throughout this pandemic. And I miss being there in person but they have offered virtual services. And, um, you know, even if I go weeks and weeks without going there, just knowing that they're there when I'm ready has been just my saving grace. Nadia, what about you? Any shout outs? Well, I have a bit of a foot fetish. So Scott Shoes is definitely one for me that I really love to support. Um, there's always lots of variety there and uh, they do rotate shoes between Renfrew and Pembroke so uh, I just find shopping online just isn't the same and I really enjoy shopping at Scott's Shoes. Oh my gosh yes we can't wait to get our feet in some shoes and shopping at favorite things and getting our yoga on at Beyond the Mat and all the other retail stores here in the Ottawa Valley and Lanark County. We are counting down the days and cannot wait for everything else to open up. So fingers crossed, maybe instead of just three days of a of um, an early opening date, maybe we can get before July for all the rest of the things. Uh, congratulations to all of your success. And I look forward to seeing you guys, the dream team, to continue seeing your faces on uh, properties and for more soul signs to go up because you guys are just on a roll right now. Awesome. Thank, Thank you so much. much. Thank you for having us. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been really fun. So tell everybody where they can find you guys on both Century 21 and um, uh, for the Valley Relocation Team, as well as on your social media accounts. So um, we both have our own um, social media pages. So it's Nicole at Valley Relocation Team for, um, sorry, for Facebook. And um, we actually both have our own websites as well, even though uh, we are a team. Uh, and mine is Nicole at, uh, it's at Nicole NW Homes. Um, so that's my, my website that I go to. Although we do have Century 21 websites as well that are provided through the brokerage. Um, so we're pretty easy to find. And mine is uh, Nadia Party Real Estate Broker on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. And also um, makemymove.ca. And we do have a combined uh, website, valleyrelocationteam.com. And uh, yeah, there's a, lots of places that you can find us actually. Yeah, they're we not too far. <laughs> yeah, we do choose to have two different ones because it actually increases our chances, right? So <laughs> sometimes we both get called by the same people. Fantastic. Well, Natty, you can now get out of your Century 21 shirt, go throw on some, <laughs> some PJs and Nicole, I'm sure you want to get out of your yoga gear too. But ladies, thank you so, so much again. Everybody, thank you for listening. I publish new episodes every Monday. Please remember to keep supporting local babes in our local community. And uh, we will see you guys next Monday.